Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's Ashley E. And I'm Amy Nicole. And on this episode of The Double Scoop, we're going to be interviewing writer, actress, and director, Kasia Jones. Finally, get to, Hi, Amy. <laughs> talk to you because you know, we've been following each other on social media for a while, so it's yeah. um, cool to actually get to actually talk to you and hear your voice <laughs> uh, outside of Instagram. <laughs> I know, and thank you both of you because you guys have, like, from the beginning since I like first did my first production, you guys have supported me. So, thank you so much, ladies. I really appreciate it, it means a lot. <laughs> no, thank you for supporting us. Cause you know, some people, <laughs> you know, some people they jump on from the beginning and then they just kind of, you know, fall yeah, off. Or, right. <laughs> I know but we've been following each other for a long time, probably since what, like 2013 or 12 or something like that. Probably four years, three or four years. Okay, like three or four years. Okay, so like 2015 or 16, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate the love, girl. <laughs> But you know, with our platform, we love to highlight creatives. And we interviewed you a couple years ago. So for people who don't know you in our audience, we just want people to kind of know about your background. So how did you even get started, like, being an actress? Like, was it something you've always wanted to do? Was it, like, your passion that you always had? Um, it was. I started acting when I was a kid, actually. And um, through high school, I kind of uh, was deterred from it because uh, in my high school, although my high school had a lot of like black and white kids, the theater group was like all white kids. I think there was maybe like one black kid. And we had gone to, you know, like your teacher lets you go see the theater production that the theater group is putting on. And everybody on stage was like white. And I was like, well, <laughs> I'm probably not going to get in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then college came and um, I really was like not feeling college. I knew that I didn't want to be there, but my parents really, you know, wanted me to be there. And um, I ended up leaving um, my four-year college and going to a two-year college just so I can get like those general eds in. And during that time, I rejoined theater. So there was a theater group, the Los Angeles, um, at Los Angeles City College. And so I rejoined that theater group. And then I was like, yes, this is what I have been missing. Like I've been taking these classes, wondering what I want to do. And I'm just doing that because I know that that's like the path that people expect. You graduate high school, you go to college, you get a job, you work at that job for like six years, then you retire. And none of that was making me happy. So while I still worked all my jobs, I still got my ass out there and got headshots done. I would save my paycheck so I could pay for headshots. At that time, headshots were like black and white. So I was like getting my black and white headshots done. I cut off all my hair because I, you know, Halle Berry was getting like all the roles that all the black girls were getting. And I would go on auditions and it would just be like, mm-hmm, bye. And I was like, I ripped out a picture of Halle Berry from some magazine. I took it to my beautician. I was like, I'm not getting auditions. I'm not getting nothing. I was like, I need to look like her. Cut off all my hair. So then I went like through acting, trying to go like the Halle Berry route, which was a disaster. But <laughs> I finally got into my groove and started auditioning. And even though I wasn't getting a lot of, I wasn't getting anything, I was still auditioning. And then I began writing um, probably about five, after about five, six years of just straight auditioning, that's when I started writing. All right. What, um, like, I know creatives, we face a lot of challenges. 
So what challenges have you faced like in the fan ministry, like trying to pursue acting? Well, just being black, basically. I mean, you walk in there and literally everybody looks exactly like you. Like they'll find one skin tone, one hair type, and they're like, this is the black girl. So we're gonna have all the black girls that look exactly like this with this skin tone and this hair. And you guys are all gonna compete each other for one role. Like I've gone in where literally they, you walk into the room and there's like 60 girls that look exactly like you or some amazing, gorgeous version of you. And so that makes it really hard because they don't see how diverse we are. Like my skin tone shouldn't be the only skin tone that is considered for audition. Right. Like there should be, you know, Lupita skin tones and there should be Zendaya skin tones. There should be my skin tones and everything in between. So that's what makes it really hard, um, especially in Los Angeles. Um, I was where, about to say, because LA, I couldn't imagine it's it, acting period. is a hard industry, but you actually are in LA. So right, right. So Yes, born and raised in Los Angeles. It's really hard because, you know, you walked it, you go to any audition and you see the same people because we're all trying so hard to get in. And then they only will, the production will have like maybe 10 roles and one of those roles will be a black person. And then they won't even say like just black. They'll put black, exotic, person of color, indigenous, Asian and then we're all going for that one role <laughs> so that's what makes it so hard and that's why I was like forget this I'm gonna start writing and creating my own series for myself because nobody's gonna offer it to me so and with your web series to live and date in LA that was your first project that you did on your own that was my first project I had been working at the Beverly Hills School District and um, I hated it mm -hmm. And I had been writing my blog because uh, the guy that I was with for like two years, my ex-boyfriend and I, he dumped me. I, you guys already know this story. He dumped me over text message, even though we lived together. <laughs> wait, wait, y'all live together? I don't know if I remember you telling me. Because he tell you the was he there in the room when he, t when he takes No, I was at work. I'm like on the computer at work. I'm like, you know, this relationship sucks. Like this guy's a jerk, but my name is on the lease. I can't just walk away and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, what's gonna happen? You guys need to work it out. He told you he wants to marry you. You have a wedding dress in your closet, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I think we're gonna break up. But like at that point in my life, I was very, I was not strong at all. So I was like, I'm just gonna let him break up with me. And I kid y'all, not 10 minutes later, <laughs> <laughs> the text message come through. <laughs> yeah, that was your confirmation. <laughs> right, I was like, that's the confirmation, Lord. Okay. So while he was at work, I got a U-Haul. I got a bunch of friends that I had at the time and cleared out that entire apartment. And I actually put that in the the pilot episode. Um, yeah, I saw the episode. In LA. <laughs> I, I, was, I didn't know how true it was to your life. I was like, is this, does this really happen? Or that was so funny. Yes, so sad, but yes, I'm the girl that lived with the guy who dumped her by text message and then got a U-Haul and cleared out the entire apartment, so he had nothing. <laughs> well, but the beauty in it is that you turned it into your series. Right. <laughs> Let's talk more about the series, like for people who don't know, like what's it, what's it about? 
So To Live and Date in L.A. is a semi-autobiographical story with uh, my character as the lead named Jonesy and her two best friends. So it's about three friends that are struggling to make it not only just in Los Angeles, but in the entertainment industry as well. And it's not about being like super flashy and stylized. It's really about like how hard it really is to make it. Number one, just living in Los Angeles, the cost of living is insane. And just trying to go through having horrible dates, bad relationships, maintaining your independence and your friendship as well. So it's a, it's very funny, but we also have some very real moments that have to do with race, feminism, um, abortion, uh, things and best friends arguing and making up and so it's a uh, it's really true there's a truth in every single episode so while everything is not just solely based on my life there is a truth from my life in almost every single episode i love the focus on like dating in your 30s it's like it's just like a struggle like meeting guys now and like dealing with dating camps and all this type of drama <laughs> yes and that's what i really wanted the series to um center on is because you see all these shows and they're like teenagers dating in high school and they're going on dates that like as somebody in their 30s I've never even gone on those kind of dates so I really wanted to show like women in their 30s that's not like that's not the end of the world if you're single and you're living with your girlfriends and you're still struggling to figure out who you are and what you want to do with your life because most of us are i mean yeah. people who have it together in their 20s good for you i thought i had it together in my 20s then i got dumped by text message and i had to reevaluate my entire life and go into my 30s with this whole new plan that i did not think i would be going into um, with my life I know with the series, you made it, was it three seasons? Um, I made two seasons. I wrote 20 episodes, but I filmed, I believe, 18 episodes. And you were out, you were hands-on. Nine per season, I think it was. Yeah. And you were hands-on, like you wrote, directed, produced, got the cast and everything? Yes, like when you don't have money. (laughs) 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 When you are broke. Because I worked at a school, and when you work at a school, I don't know how it is in, is, is in um, Atlanta, but when you work at a school here, you don't get paid during the summer. And so there's only certain school districts where you can like kind of um, siphon off some of your check that you get every month, and they'll hold that to you to give to you during the summer. But at the Beverly Hills School District, they were like, no, we don't do that. <laughs> so I didn't get paid much anyways at that job. And so my entire check went to rent, and it went to my car payment and my car insurance. Mm-hmm. So my mom at the time, she had not passed yet. So she was still alive. And she was like, listen, what do you need? So she bought me like a lighting kit off Amazon. I think it was like maybe 60 some dollars. And she gave me the money to get like a little handheld camcorder. And then the rest of the things, you know, I had to pay for. And so I bought like another lighting kit. I had to cast it. So I put in... Um, about three days of casting and what was crazy is I could only pay people like a hundred dollars that's all I could pay and I had hundreds you could even do that yeah I didn't have anything so I I wanted to pay them because I didn't want anybody to work for free but I couldn't pay any everybody in the cast I told all the guys listen 
Uh, I can pay one of you because one of you will be in a bunch of the episodes, but none of y'all are getting paid. The girls are getting paid. They're only getting paid $100 each, and we're going to shoot for two weeks, and it's going to be straight through. We're not getting any breaks except for Saturday and Sunday, and um, one of the teachers that worked at the school with me was like, listen, come to my house in the valley. You can shoot it there because everybody lived in the valley. I don't live in the valley. I live in the South Bay, which is like Redondo Beach, Gardena, Hawthorne, you know, which is like this little sub of, of Los Angeles. And most actors that move here, they all move to the Valley because that's where all the auditions and productions take place. So that's an hour drive from where I live. So I would get up at like five in the morning during the summer and I drove to the Valley every day for two weeks. And um, I had to do lighting, I did hair. I did makeup. I brought my own clothes for the girls to wear because they didn't have a lot of clothes. Uh, my own jewelry, uh, purses, bags. Um, yeah, I would set up every single shot. I was in every single shot and I edited it. I literally did everything. <laughs> yeah, and that's cool. I mean, and I feel like nowadays people can, are becoming more self-sufficient. You know, so it's easier now to learn how to edit and learn how to, you know, do things without having right. to necessarily go to school for this period of time. And um, even like now with the quarantine, I feel like people are becoming more creative with lists. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I submitted it to a bunch of film festivals. Um, it got accepted into like three film festivals and uh, for like best writing, best comedy, best guest actor for one of the actors that I had. So it did really well, but it did not like launch me into stardom. You know, a lot of people, they, especially now, like at that time, that was like 2013, 2014. Now, a lot of people just want to be launched into stardom off their first project. A lot of people want to go viral, you know, and that wasn't my goal. That was just to set me up so that when I am finally in the pocket of the industry, they will see that, listen, this girl not only wrote every single episode, she did lighting, she did hair, she did makeup, like she did all the production. She knows what what to do. She knows how to do it. And so we can get more from this girl than just the acting side she can do more and so that's what i wanted that vehicle to be for me not to like go viral and explode which would have been amazing if i would have had you know like an Issa Rae awkward black girl you know moment but that wasn't my goal and i think that if more people go into it without that being their goal they'll have much long-term success yeah i agree Especially, I mean, these days, like someone, you know, people, they're into you for a little while and you fall off and they're not really check up for you anymore. So mm -hmm. it's good to just exactly. build yourself up organically at a slower pace. Yeah, and I'm sure and you both know about that. I mean, you've had your double scoop for a while. You guys even revamped it and came back. So you guys know that, you know, it's a long, it's not going to happen overnight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So how, like, you know, about the quarantine, how have you been dealing with being quarantined? Like the only thing that has really affected me is with trying to get through writing scripts because I feel so like trapped and like literally if I can't get through a, a script when I'm writing, I'll go and I'll hike or I'll go and I'll ride my bike or I'll go to the gym. And when you can't do those things, you have to try to find a different way to let out that energy somehow so that's that's definitely been a struggle but i feel like i'm just now finally getting over that hump 
since, since we've been quarantined, I like having an extra time to write because we work. We have like nine to fives and we do, we have the double school. So now I have, since I've been working from home, I have more time to write scripts and create more content. So I've been enjoying it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's how I had to look at it. Like at first, I think that just like my anxiety was just like, oh my God, we're all going to die. <laughs> like, I was like, oh Lord Jesus, I haven't even made it. And this is how I'm gonna go out. <laughs> and then I was like, girl, calm down, relax. Like get on that computer, finish those scripts. And then what happened, um, which has been really good. I don't know if you both saw on Twitter is that like, this big boom with, well, now we want all the black writers. We want all the black scripts. We want all the black actors. And so, this um, black renaissance. Right, right. It's like, we're cool again. <laughs> but then I, I wonder sometimes, okay, is it a phase, you know, trend right now? Is it going to die down after a while? So I'm, I'm embracing it. I'm excited to see this movement, but I hope it's not just, you know, just temporary. It is like an active change that's happening. I hope. I hope so too. And that's why I was like, at this point, I'm just going to take advantage of it. So I had a <laughs> yes. lot of script requests, which was awesome because, you know, not outside of writing to live in Dayton, LA, I've also written another television show and like three films, uh, feature films. So I was like, this stuff has to get out somewhere because all the festivals that I had submitted my stuff to all got canceled this year. Yeah. So I was like, thank God that people are requesting scripts. And if it's out of guilt or if it's out of just let me join the, the movement of inviting black people to the table, I'm like, I've already made my own table. Right. So if you're going to invite me to yours, I love it. So that has been great is being able to get script requests and send those out. Well, let me ask you this. So as creatives, I know all of us kind of go through the struggle moments where we want to like give up on our dream. Mm -hmm. um, what keeps you like motivated to keep pursuing like acting and film? Like what advice, what keeps you motivated and what um, advice would you give to like other creatives on the come up? I think the main thing is don't set your goal as like, okay, I'm going to make my first film. I'm going to make my first series. I'm going to make a YouTube video and it's going to go viral. I'm going to make a million dollars. Um, Issa Rae is going to sign me. I'm going to be signed to CAA talent agency and everything's going to be great. Have hope within yourself and faith within yourself, but also be grounded in your goals because that will create this really big screen of disappointment and that will make you want to quit. You know, one of the one of the people that there was a girl that I met that had moved to LA to make it as in the fashion industry. And she said that her roommate moved out here with her to make it as an actor. And that now she needed a new roommate because he didn't make it within the first six months that he was here. So he left and went home. Like you giving yourself six months, that's it. I've been doing this for 10 years and I'm just now getting like massive script requests I'm just now like getting into the pocket in the industry after 10 years. Now, everybody's journey is not going to be 10 years like mine has been. So the main thing is to, if you can accept that you're going to be told no a lot, that you're going to be passed over by somebody else. And instead of getting mad at somebody else, getting what you felt you should have gotten, you need to be inspired by that and be happy for them. Because again, that's just going to create this need in you to want to quit or to either be bitter. And you cannot be in this industry if you're gonna look at somebody else and say, I should have had that. 
because you're just going to be negative and bitter all the time. You have to have confidence within yourself. And the main thing you have to have is discipline. I know there's this whole thing of don't quit, never quit, never quit. Yeah. Okay. Not quitting is, is, is easy. Honestly. I mean, you get up every day and you get dressed and you put on pants. You don't say today, I'm going to quit putting on pants. Like that's easy to not quit. It's the discipline. Because I don't have anybody telling me, sit down and go write your script. I don't have anybody telling me, you know, go ahead and make another film, go ahead and film this video, go do this. I had to have the discipline myself. And when I worked at the school district for five years, literally every day I brought my laptop to work and it was next to my work computer and I wrote every single day for five years straight and sometimes there was days that nothing would come out but I would still open my laptop and I would just stare at my screen it's motivation and dedication <laughs> you have to have a passion and for the- it like if, if you don't have a passion mm-hmm. for like film or writing you're gonna give up easy yeah exactly you're gonna give up super easy and don't talk about how you you have so much passion when as soon as you're told no or you're passed over for something you get mad and you walk away because you don't have passion for it you have passion for what you think is gonna come from it which is the fame the popularity the the recognition that's what you have passion for but if you can't be sitting up at your computer for five six hours and writing boohooing and crying because (laughs) you think that nobody's going to pay attention to what you've done or putting out stuff and nobody watches it but you continue to put it out that's when you know that you have the passion for it What new projects are you working on? Like, I know it was, um, I saw one of your shorts. I think it was called This House. Yeah, so In This House was is, is my latest film that I made. Um, it's a short film. It's about 18 minutes long. And it is about two sisters who are unlikely sisters because my character is black and my sister's character is white. And what it is, is our mother has just passed away and there's a huge family secret that my character has been keeping. And my sister finds out this secret in the process of us. Um, it's her, it opens with us ending at her funeral and then it goes from there. And it's a day, it's that day of the funeral and these family secrets and resentments are revealed between me and my sister. So tell people where they can find you, like your Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff, your website. So you can find me on my website. My website has my blog post, which is all about dating and relationships. Um, It also has my web series, To Live and Date in LA. It has my short film, In This House. And it also has some YouTube videos as well. So my website is toliveanddateinla.co. And I'm on Twitter at Awkward Girl LA um, because my blog was Awkward Girl in the City, but I had to change it because I had no idea that at that same time when I was writing that, Issa had made Awkward Black Girl. (laughs) And then I started getting all these messages and people were like, do you know who Issa Rae is? Um, You two are basically doing the same exact thing. And I was like, oh no. So I changed my name from Awkward Girl in the City to to live in Dayton, LA. So everything is under to live in Dayton, LA, except for my Twitter, because everybody had already known me under that name, so I didn't change that. I'm on Instagram at to live in Dayton, LA, and I'm on Twitter at Awkward Girl LA. All right, Kasia, well, it was so good talking to you. You know, we love to see, well, I love seeing your growth, like starting off from where you are now. It's just like a beautiful thing, girl. 
congratulations on all your success and keep pushing, keep going after your dreams. Thank you so much, ladies, and congratulations right back to you. I've watched you both grow, and I am so excited for what you're going to be bringing next. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for all your support that you've given me over the years as well. I really do appreciate it. Thank no you. Problem. Likewise. <laughs>